Hi. Hey, welcome to the Us and Kids podcast. I am your host, Jan Talon. You know, I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, a wife, a mom, and a grandma. This Us and Kids podcast is about how to be married forever while you parent together. I know it's not an easy task. I've helped many people rebuild homes and marriages in trying to keep the balance between parenting and being married and not having to pick it as an either or shall I be married well and have the kids survive or shall I just parent well and hope our marriage is okay later. There is a way to do both to get A pluses in both categories and that's what this Us and Kids podcast is about. For the beginning of 2021, I wanted to just focus for about four or five weeks on how to reset from the mess of 2020. Now, I know there's ongoing. I understand that. Resetting so that we're okay and we regain some ground that maybe we lost is a fairly important thing and action and attitude to engage with because it keeps us from going down a slippery slope of just a little bit at a time where you just keep losing your edge. Two points here, three points there, one point there. And all of a sudden, over the course of a year, you've gone from being a really solid A plus couple, all right, B plus couple, but all of a sudden you're floating down into a C or a D plus couple. And that's the piece that I'm looking to say, let's not get there. Engage with these five podcasts that we're talking about. We started at the beginning of the year, and we started with a podcast about intentions on purpose and all the ways that intentionality plays into a marriage and parenting life. And then last week, we talked about being set up for calm and how smiling our eyes and our tone really impact the attitude and the energy we bring into relationships for both our marriages and for our kiddos. And this week, we're going to talk about routine and overwhelmed and how do routines help settle down the overwhelmed feeling and what to do when the routines aren't working. Because it's true, sometimes they don't work. The next week, we're going to talk about exploring ideas that help to expand possibilities. And how do we have more courage to sort of look up and around and say, what else can I do? Where else do I need to go? And the last one, we're going to talk about our kisses and stress. And those sweet kisses on our lips. But also, that KISS stands for something else. We'll tell you about that the first week in February. So, let's get going on focusing about routines today. You know how it goes. You wake up every day. You do the same thing. And often, it's a whole lot of the same thing if you have little ones in the house. Even if you're going to work, that wake up, you try to keep the same routine. Get dressed, get their teeth brushed, get breakfast in. Okay, find their shoes, change their diaper again, grab that diaper bag. Where's my coffee? I can't find the car keys. Oh, shoot, I need this. Oh, dear. What are you doing now? 
no, we can't bring that stuffy. We have to bring this one. And it goes on and on. And you come home and you unpack and you try to unwind, but you repeat and you're tired. I bet you maybe you've had one of these thoughts. I can't do this anymore. Or I need help. Hello, help me. Or I am exhausted. There's nothing left. I can't think and I can't move. You might be thinking, there's got to be a better way. There has to be a way to make this more efficient. The same thing over and over. There's got to be a way to not have to keep doing this part of it. Or you might be saying, why do I have to keep saying what has to be packed? Do you want to know what has to go in the diaper bag? What has to go in the car? What has to go in lunches? You want to know. Why don't they remember? I'm tired of remembering all these things. And then you wonder, how do other people seem to do this without this kind of stress? The mess and the chaos we can't seem to get in the routine. We can't get to seem to stay there. And the routine doesn't seem to bring much calm. <laughs> and then I giggle because I've been there. More than once I've been there. Looking at my systems, looking at the way I have things laid out, thinking there has got to be a better way. This kiddo or this day always goes sideways. And I would wonder, how do other people do this? My husband would say to me, well, people have been managing it for millions of years, so I bet you we can figure it out too. <laughs> I would like roll his eyes like, yeah, but they're not me. And he would sort of say, well, they might be court, sort of like you, but you're right, you're really unique. <laughs> and I'm like, how does everybody seem to be sane and dressed and fed and all looking like it's all good? Welcome to the need for routine, and the fact that routine doesn't always work well. That reinventing routine is often part of the things showing personal growth and showing family growth and marriage growth. I know part of you, some of you are saying, well, routines don't work. It's impossible to stay consistent. I can make the list. I can say do one, two, three, four, five, but nobody does it. I can't even do it. So stay with me for a few minutes here, okay? Routines are really helpful. Even if they're not done perfectly, you can't hold them totally together, but they're helpful because they are things that our brains know we have already decided what to do. Many of the things that we have to do every day are predetermined. And when we know what order they go in, we don't have to think about it. We can just do it. We would call it habitual. The bonus to something that's habitual, that's well-practiced, is that it frees up brain space for other things, like problem solving when something goes out of routine. If you don't have to focus so hard on the usual, how to get your teeth brushed, how to put on clothes, how often have you driven from A to B and gone, I don't remember driving there. And it's a little freaky. But that was routine where your brain didn't need much space to continue moving forward down the road. 
Now, you are going to laugh at me and say, oh, no, no, that's not routine. That's me falling asleep, daydreaming. And I'm like, okay, if that's the case, that's good to pay attention to. But sometimes it is just your brain taking a rest because it knows how to do this route. It would notice if there was something dangerous about it, but when there's not, it just continues to move forward. Be clear here. I'm not suggesting you daydream while you're driving, but I am using it as an example to there are times when, because it's predetermined and pre-practiced, it's a normal routine that your brain just goes, oh, I know how to do this, and it goes on auto. Away it goes, and it frees up your brain to do something else. And maybe that something else is nothing. That's possible. And every now and then, smart to do, right? Routines are important because they help our kiddos and our spouses. It helps them know what to expect. And when they know what to expect and they know that the actions, the steps in the routine are safe, often people relax and trust the routine because they trust the mom or the dad or the spouse who set up the routine. I have a really cute little grandson who knows what day grandma gets him from daycare. And he relies on the grandma day to get through the non-grandma days. So when I talked to him last night on the phone and I was talking to his mom and she said, oh, he wants to say good night to you. And I said, good night, Luki. Sleep so good. Tomorrow isn't Grandma Day, but the day after, just one more day of daycare, and then Grandma's going to get you. And my daughter said, as he marched back down to bed, I'm not sure he marched. I think he probably just sort of dragged his blankie and walked to bed. But anyways, as he went to bed, she said, he's just grinning. Now, daycare is fine and good. He doesn't really mind daycare, but he prefers Grandma. And that routine about Thursdays, when I'm gone on Thursdays, he's a little off. Because Grandma's not there. His mom talks about it a little bit, that it's a little confusing for him. And the whole week is a little weird because he knows he doesn't get Grandma. And I miss the kiddo when I can't make a Thursday. Routines help kiddos. They really help kiddos when you tell them what the routine is. Put up some signs about what the bedtime routine is. You don't have to use words. Put up a toothbrush, put up a little picture of PJs, put up a bathtub, put up a storybook. Just make little signs to say, this is what we're doing. Some people make them into flip charts. Some people make them where the kids can mark them off. Some people put them on their phones. Routines help kiddos. And routines are made as a guideline and a checklist for an end goal. See, routines are not made to be sort of a checklist of shame on you. You didn't do this and this and this and this and shame on you. It's a routine that helps people gain success and build trust. And those things build calm and connection. Of course, our guidelines would be adjusted depending some, especially with a little one, but also between you and your spouse or your partner, be adjusted on how much cooperation energy they have left in them 
or how much energy you have left in you. There are days, sometimes more than others, where they are just rough and everything is running late and not much has gone well. Or that cold that you are just getting over is coming back. You're fighting that sinus infection again, or your back or your legs are just aching. The migraine is hanging around in the background. Make your routines shorter. If you want to, I mean, it's sort of a, you know, we have our A game, and then we have a B game, and then we have our C game. I have those for meals. I have A meals, really nice, beautiful meals. I have B meals, delicious little bump in the extra, but not a whole lot. And my C meal, cereal, because there are days like that. But there are days our routines are like that, too. There can be A game routines, and there can be C game routines that are just clean it and finish it. That's all. Don't do anything extra. On days that need more calm, then you might need a few more minutes of just having a kiddo sit by you while you brush their hair and read a book. Might have a time there where a little one just needs you to sit by their bed a few more minutes. Change the routine when you need to, to a space that brings more calm. Okay, well, let's talk for a couple of seconds here about well, what happens when the routine has glitches. Things aren't working too well. One of these might be your routine is too long. So what are you going to do? You're going to ask, when does cooperation or energy from those around or even from your own self stop or derail? Because that's usually a clue of where that routine needs to be tapered in some. There are too many steps or too many expectations, and people can't stay with it that long. So, this isn't real hard. Break it up into a couple of routines with a break in the middle. Kids and adults like quick successes. We do. It's happy for our brain, especially when we're tired. And so 17 steps to get ready for bed is probably too long. Where you can take three of those steps and move them to right after you get home, when you can take two of those steps and say, those are for the days we are home a little bit earlier. And when you can take another couple of those and say, these are before bath and then story, and then these are after story. You've broken it up into shorter routines so that everybody can see that there's more success. And somebody will say, well, it's not long. The routine isn't long, but it always gets stuck. I mean, we never finish it. So now I'm going to ask you to put on your observing eyes. Okay, this takes a little bit of analysis. I want you to start to notice where does it get stuck and why? Now, this is not a blame game. This is an understanding exercise. Okay, can you find any trend that happens? Talking with someone and talking about their morning routine, and part of the morning routine was that the dog pooped in the house. Oh, that's part of the routine? Yeah, we always have to pick up dog poop in the morning. 
And I went, well, that would get me stuck real fast. And it would change my mood real fast. And so we talked a little bit about what to do about the dog and how, how can we rearrange this so that this is not a part of a morning routine. Because that's where it got stuck. As they focused on, okay, you're right, let's get this out of the morning routine. Everything calmed down. I guess I'm hoping you aren't all in that place where the dog is running the household in the morning. But it's possible. Where does it get stuck? And now look at that stuck space. We had to look at the dog and what to do. How does the dog get a space to take care of his business in the outside instead of the inside? Redo the stuck space. Then see once how the rest of the routine works. Don't redo the whole routine. Just check the stuck space and see once how you can undo it or soften it. It might be a kiddo that just needs a little bit more hug and hold in the morning. It might be a spouse who really does need coffee in the morning. And waiting for it to brew in that extra 10 minutes is too long. Everything gets set behind. Well, then let's figure out how to get that coffee ready and going. So what about this other glitch? The thought in your mind and in your experience that says nothing about this routine works well. We're going to encourage you to come back to the solutions. And we have talked in the two previous podcasts about your intentions and how what you intend to do moves things forward in either healthy ways or in more ugly ways. And we also said, let's look at set for calm, your smiles, your eye contacts, and your tone of voices, and use them well. Because if nothing's working, my guess is that something in those first two steps of intentions and setting up for calm is not developed quite far enough. This isn't a shameful sentence. This is simply a sentence to say, do a little exploring here. And make an adjustment there. See once what happens. If you want to try upgrading it a little bit more, then see once if you can break it up into something a little bit smaller so that you can figure out what part of the routine overwhelms or frightens and then stops the whole thing. Because as soon as someone is overwhelmed or frightened, it probably grinds the whole process down to a screeching or screaming halt. Let's understand it from this way. Resistance to a routine or to a pattern is often because there's fear and there's not a good amount of trust that this routine will bring them good. So we build trust and we lower fear by understanding perhaps what they're fearful about and by being kind with our touches, with our tones, talking about, well, this is what we have to get to. So how are we going to do that? If you don't want to put your shoes on here, what do you want to do when you get to daycare? And the kiddo might say, carry me. And you might say, too heavy, too many things. But you might be able to say, how about if we wore these boots instead? And when you get to daycare, then you put on your shoes. And maybe because the boots are easy to pull on and shoes are harder, maybe they're good with that. 
sharing ideas and giving them space to talk about what they want, how they would fix it with your spouse and with your kiddos lowers that resistance because it ups the honor and the respect and that builds courage for saying what they're thinking and putting forth a good solution. A final glitch. There are could be others, what we're just going to do for here is be something that would say, this routine would work fine, except for, and then we have a person or a pet or a something that always seems to trip it up. Hmm. Try to figure out why they're not cooperating. Is it the timing of things? They don't agree with how, your timeline? Okay, they don't want to go to bed that early. They don't think that there's that big of a rush. They don't think they have to be there seven minutes beforehand. Or they don't want to leave and be separated, so they mess up the routine. Because when the routine is done, mommy and daddy or husband and wife have to leave each other and go into the big scary world by themselves, and they don't want to do that. And so they mess up the routine because it gives them more time to with you. This is really a sweet piece, if that's the case. It's not always easy on the relationships. So I want to remind you to use your compassion, to share ideas of what is going on and what could work better. It's in compassion and in kindness, in gentleness, that we build trust that we are for them and that you are with them even when you're not right by them. Sometimes this is take a picture. I know one little kid, he would take his daddy, had lots of business cards, and all he needed was to hold his daddy's business card while he walked in to daycare. You know, it's that easy sometimes, folks. Just do it. But sometimes the routine would work. If, and we listen, and we find out that the kiddo's car seat is too tight, or that it's too sunny, or that something is too hot or too cold, or that there's always garbage and the car is smelly, or the bathtub is too hot. Who knows? As you listen and you look for calm, you will learn things about yourself and about those you love. Everyone. It, well, everyone, that's a big word, right? Almost everyone appreciates a routine when it works well. And it's getting it to work well much of the time that is really quite a challenge. But it's also worth the work because routines do lower the overwhelm and gives our brain space and time to figure out the glitches and to deal with the unforeseens. You're married. Both of you are changing. There are unforeseen things. You're working. You're trying to manage house. You're trying to manage in-laws or aging parents. And you're trying to manage work and relationships. And then you have little ones. And there's a lot to be overwhelmed about. Talk with each other about what some of those good routines would be. Not just in the day-to-day -day care of everything, but also what are the good routines between the two of you? Keep a routine of a good morning encounter or interaction, a kiss, a hug, sometimes a zerbert. You know what those are? A funny little blowout kiss. 
a cute little wink, a cute little nickname. Do something that bonds you together as you separate for the day and something that pulls you back together again when the day is over. Because those routines are important for keeping the marriage together. But also have routines with your kiddos that give you emotional energy and some physical touch and space with them. Those messages from you that you are right by them physically help them believe that you are right by them emotionally. And that builds trust and that builds courage and that helps them cooperate. And it's good for everybody. So let's just do a quick little review, shall we? It looks like this, because we're working on the five things to help our marriages last forever while we pair it together. We know that we have to intentionally interact with words and kindness and playfulness. We know that we have to, or it's best, if we set up for a layer of calm in our household that smiles, eye contact, and a quiet tone of voice are really good to keep your household moving along. And then when we incorporate or include those routines and use them regularly, adjust them as needed, cooperation and flexibility grow. And that makes the household become more calm and makes our interactions and intentions with each other more steady. I am glad you joined me today and I am cheering for you to use what you are learning here in your everyday life. Talk about it with your spouse and of course download this chapter of the book because it's attached here. Um, you can get that by going on the website if you don't see it in another place. Go to the website and get this freebie. It's worth it. And it's got other exercises for you to do to create more conversation and to help the two of you, even just in your own space, evaluate and make the upgrades to make sure that you're really getting set up well for 2021. I'm cheering for you. I always appreciate your feedback. A quick stop by the Facebook page with a comment or a note is always helpful. And I look forward to talking with you again next week. Bye-bye.